Hi, this is Pat Cashman. I want to thank uh, some of our listeners, Tony Staley, Steve McCalley, Lynn Barker, for your money contributions to this little podcast. I'm also ashamed to tell you we have spent all of your money on candy. Hi, I'm Candy. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Please, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. From radio shows past. Paul is calling from Tacoma this morning. Uh, yes, uh, before hi, I ask, hi there. Before I ask my question, should I turn my radio up? Yeah, crank it up as loud as you can. Okay, just you, you give me there. Paul is calling okay, from okay, Tacoma. Is that much yeah, that's good. Yes, okay. Okay. Now go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to... You know, that usually works really well. Yeah, I don't understand what we're wrong. You must have it done seemed like, Did you notice that? I couldn't understand him. I, I'm right with you on that. I don't, know, I don't know what the deal was. Well, anyway, that is a nice little hint, though. Uh, Paul, I'm glad you touched on that there. If you, um, if you are calling us and you have a radio on, please turn it up as loud as you can. <laughs> I know this sounds rather obvious and like, geez, how, how brilliant you are. But I am still, every day, every time I hear any Beatles song, I am just amazed at the output of the Beatles and the genius of them. I mean, it just, there's, there's not, there's, they're just these guys that kind of emerged from Liverpool or whatever and and how did that happen and how did they how can they do all these different kinds of songs yeah and in in case of McCartney continue to do that that work it's just astonishing and they had so many different styles uh, of music yeah. that if you're not a fan of because I'm not a fan of all of their songs but some of them I am some of them I'm like ah oh, I hate that song one well i think that's one of the best <laughs> ever uh but uh yeah anyway that, that I've, i have nothing further to say about that except that i, I that the genius is just uh, such an intriguing thing here comes the sun here comes the sun i say it's all right
and, and, and how it happens to people who just uh, would you would never suspect would mm-hmm. it would be hit by that lightning bolt of inspiration, not once but over and over and over right. again. I'm always impressed. Very true. And we're, we're lucky we have them. And I think we'll be playing Beatles songs, uh, you know, 500 years from now. I mean, I think they'll endure the way that Beethoven did. And it makes you wonder, too, about what you just said about the one-hit wonders, which I yeah. love playing one-hit wonder songs because they never had anything else after that. And they're probably like, oh, Gosh, that one song was so good. How come I can't? What? Gosh, it. darn it. Dang yeah, so Shoot. that's super fun to play with one-hit wonder songs. Yeah, and this guy, Norman Greenbaum, might be Exhibit A. I mean, Spirit in the Sky was huge. And by the way, I have long maintained that ZZ Top and their song LaGrange totally rips off Greenbaum's opening guitar riff. Check it out. It's the same. Or, you know, the other thing is that they'll be like, I, like I remember one time, what was it? I I went out. I think it was Napoleon the Fourteenth or some some artist like that, and he had this hit song called "They're Coming to Take Me Away." Remember this one? <laughs> Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha, they're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, haha, to the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats and they're coming to take me away, <laughs> And I remember buying it excitedly as a kid because if you flipped it, it was on a 45. And, who, who, and if you who's flipped, the artist again? Napoleon the 14th. Oh, for heaven's sake. I would have never I guessed. That, I know the song. Maybe I got the number. Yeah. But I don't know the artist. So, but if you flip the record over, they played the same song, but backwards. Oh, that's good. Which was, which was astonishing to me <laughs> when I was a kid. How, how did they do that? I couldn't Very figure it out. Very funny. So, uh, Several years ago, I saw this compilation. It said, The Greatest Hits of Napoleon the Fourteenth. So I said, oh, man, uh, these got to be great. Every song is exactly the same. <laughs> it's just a slight, a slightly different from the original. Oh, God. You're the people from the loony saw a sucker coming yeah, on that one. Yeah, that's right. The only stupider album I ever bought, which actually I, I still have and I treasure, was called The Best... Of Marcel Marceau, and uh, Marcel Marceau was a famous mime, as people yes. may remember. And so you you put the you put the album on, you put the needle on, and it's a it's a long thirty three and a third album. So it was a long playing album, and it's just silent grooves <laughs> until the very end, and then then there's applause. <laughs> That's very funny. I thought, that's genius. So I looked it up, and it turns out they sold like some 60,000 copies of that record. 
Gosh. Some of them maybe to stupid people like me, others who just realized the novelty right. of it. Right, very funny. And went out and got it. Do you remember how yeah. outraged I was? Uh, this was back when we were on Como Radio a million years ago. And this was, I think, right around the time um, we were getting away from, well, I guess we use CDs quite a bit. But I bought a CD. This is before music streaming, of course. And I bought a CD. Right. Um, I'm always... I've always liked compilations rather than just buying artists. So I like, I'd get a compilation of, you know, rock and roll women or something. And I bought a compilation and it turned out to be, and I cannot remember the name of this company that would put these together, but they weren't the the real artists doing, doing the songs. And I, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll think of it. I know. Was it K K tell like that? And I remember. K tell. I think. Yeah. Hey, tell. A great new LP, 20 original hits, original stars, KC and the Sunshine Band. Silver Convention. War. I remember just being outraged that I that they would list the songs and the original artists on the back of the CD case, but when you popped it in and played it, it was just some person doing these songs yeah, you, and I you, you'd get the you'd get the album like speaking of the Beatles you'd get this album like right. the greatest hits <laughs> you see the greatest hits Beatles right. you buy it and only when you get it home do you see it's in front of the Larry Beatles Jenkins. it says remin- reminiscent of yeah the Beatles. sung by yeah. Larry Jenkins so <laughs> yeah. so I remember oh, we I actually I was so outraged about it that you guys somebody I think what our producer like set up a phone call with the company or something and yeah I remember that remember I that. do remember that I just, and yes. it didn't make me feel better I was still really pissed off about the whole thing the guy was pretty slick yeah, I, I know was, I know he was he said well we never really said that it was the original artist <laughs> right, but exactly we got the very best cover bands we could <laughs> to capture the flavor of the song of course. At a much, much cheaper price than if you had to buy the original album. You know, he was that kind right. of apologist. And for of the course, company. if I had read the fine print, I was really, really mad at my own stupidity. I can't really be mad at them, but I just remember yeah. being so outraged by the whole thing. Speaking of that, and it's 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 been a, a, a bit now since the midterm elections, but I, I'm always amazed at the ads that run and and, and I've been seeing them down in Oregon and you've seen them mm-hmm. Washington State and everywhere you travel yes and there's a there's a sameness to them uh, and th- and there's a formula to them that always is interesting to me if you're going to talk about your opponent you put the um, you put the creepiest video you can find of them usually put it in slow motion mm-hmm. and black and white and find them in their ugliest poses right <laughs> D- distorted if you can is good and then whereas you as your candidate he's smiling he's talking to people people are in te- they're all in sure technicolor in, in you know, beautiful yes. color and yeah uh, yeah it's it's so. interesting because i voice uh political ads occasionally and, uh, and there's also another formula too which is where you you talk about the opponent first and all of their misdeeds and then you bring on the 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 good guy and it's funny the direction that i get from this company that hires me to do these that you know you and i i, I cut one of these spots and sent it out to them and they said they emailed me back they go no no, you've got to have much more disdain in your voice 
for this yes, first yes. guy. And I'm like, really? I have to really? And they, they go, yeah, you need to lay it on thick. And then, exactly. and then you, you see, and then when you get to the, our candidate, you spin it and you're all, you know, puppies and rainbows with your smile. And yeah, it's very funny that even, even yeah. voicing those, you have to, to, to make the distinction yeah. with your, just your voice. Marvin Seymour loves senior citizens, and he's working to make sure their entitlements continue. But Larry Flanagan <laughs> right, that's exactly. doesn't care about the elderly at all. See, you'd be really good at political ads. It is a matter of tone, isn't Certainly. it? Certainly. Yeah. I'm struck, though, by those ads where they have, uh, and I'm not, I don't even have an example in mind, where they're they're t- telling something that is blatantly false, mm-hmm. and you, and it's provably false, and and I'm just wondering how come if you put an ad on I don't know yep. for any other product I know what you're gonna say uh, somebody would call them on it and they'd have to take the ad off the exactly air. or they or but, they would be fined or something would happen. Here's some more exciting news about once a day Vulcan class low sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase two thousand. More and more doctors are getting busier and busier and finding it harder and harder to find the time to recommend once-a-day Vulcan class low-sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000. But if they could, they would. Listen to what customers who've tried once-a-day Vulcan class low-sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000 are saying. Help me! Someone please help me! Okay, that was what they were saying before trying once-a-day Vulcan class low-sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000. Now, here's what their reaction was after taking it. You hear that? Yes, they're finally sleeping peacefully. But how can I know if once-a-day Vulcan class low-sodium chlorous flour chloroflavin chloroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000 is right for me? That's a good question. Well, unless you hear otherwise, you can assume that once a day Vulcan class low sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000 is right for you. Great. Yep. But shouldn't I check with my doctor? Well, sure, you can check with him. And then what happens after that? You get charged for a doctor's consultation fee when you know in your own head that once a day Vulcan class low sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000 is what you ought to be taking in the first place. I like that. Well, sure. And that's why everyone should try once-a-day Vulcan-class low-sodium chlor... Hold it! What's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. I've tried the stuff. It does nothing. Well, look, I... It looks and it tastes exactly like water. Well, yeah. Uh, well, that's why people tolerate it so well. But I don't feel any different. Look. It's a scam. Hold it. Wait the a second. The stuff does not work. Hold... And the fact... Can I say ma- something here? Yeah. All right. Think how bad you might feel mm-hmm. if you hadn't started taking it. I never thought about it like that. I didn't think so. Sorry for spouting off. That's okay. You're just helping spread the good news. Thanks. Once a day, Vulcan class low sodium chlorous flour fluoroflavin philogeston galbophase 2000. Use only as produced and directed. It's like it's a different set of rules for political ads Ma- that has never made sense to Maybe me. it's because it's it's surrounding uh, opinion rather than um, a product you can't have. It's not an opinion, I suppose, mm. but um, that could be. I don't know. Could don't be. know. Yeah, weird Frustrating. Stuff. Hey, I meant to bring this up uh, 
couple of weeks ago uh, during Halloween time that I, I read, and you probably saw this too, that, and this may happen in other places, uh, like where we live, for example, my wife and I, they, they, they forbid trick-or-treating. You can't, kids can't trick-or-treat here. What? And I think, yeah, it's it. we're in kind of a little resort community, you can't, you so can't, they can make their own rules. You can't forbid trick-or-treating. Well, they have a rule against it. Oh, for heaven's and, uh, sake. I think they've justified it because this is one of those places where you can't have lighting that is is up lighting, you know? They want it to be dark here so you can get a better view of the stars at night, I guess. So because the neighborhoods are dark without a lot of street lights, they... they Cite this as a safety issue. Oh. We shouldn't. Have, we can't have kids walking around. That's why you have flashlights. Oh, for heaven's yeah. sake! I know it's un-American if you ask me, but you might have seen this in Chesapeake, Virginia. Children over the age of twelve, and this is apparently true, will face would face up to six months in jail huh. if they're caught trick or treating. Wow! If you're over twelve, huh? And I don't know how they would. I mean, talk about a bunch of old photy dotes making rules here. No kidding. Who cares how old you, you are if you, you're trick Do you have to card them when they come to your house? Yeah, and how do you prove it? Well, show me your ID and then you'll get a Snickers bar. Yeah, I mean, talk about an unenforceable no law. No kidding. I mean, if a guy... Who's you know fifty seven years old comes to your door, <laughs> makes no makes no real attempt to act any younger. Yeah, trigger tree. I would give him a Snickers bar. Yeah, just for the sheer temerity. It of is. Showing it's up an interesting door. question uh, outside of the ridiculousness of the law and the fact that you're going to put a child in jail for six months for heaven's sake. It says jail. Yeah, it's which just is absurd. Insane. You can't put a kid in no, jail. First of it's all, it's just insane. But it does beg the question: How old is too old? To, to be trick-or-treating. Um, that is an eternal debate. It is, absolutely. Now, my niece just turned 12 this year, and she came over with all her friends trick-or-treating, and so they're just, you know, they're on the cusp of turning into teenagers. But I think that it's still a teenager night, too. I wouldn't, you know, it doesn't bother me to have... 15 or 16 year olds now when you start when you're when you're old enough to vote i think maybe you should quit trick-or-treating no. if you show up with uh, dressed as a pirate and and you have a real beard <laughs> maybe that's yeah maybe stop. i don't know but not necessarily i don't know Might but okay. 12 i can't believe that they set the age limit at 12 for crying out loud speaking of age i saw a, a superannuated woman uh, she had to be in her 80s she looked to be in her 80s maybe she wasn't but she was a TSA employee at the airport, and she's and she was. I just thought it was funny. She's she uh, is ushering people through the line. She wants them to go faster. I hate it. Come on, everybody. I hate on, it when it, they do it, that. Move it, move it, move I move hate it, move that. It. It's like just give me a second for crying out loud. You're the ones yeah, who, exactly. who put these ridiculous rules in place. So just give me a second. It annoys me to no end. Yeah, it's just a power trip, I Probably. guess. But I, I, I felt like stopping and saying, okay, uh, why don't you demonstrate for us how fast we should go? <laughs> you know, you know that would have gotten you a grope right there. Oh, yes, sir. Ah, uh, yes, you've yeah, been yeah. singled out. One step out of line, yes. sir. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it it I just it struck That's me. That's the thing is, you, you who are you to tell you people can't, how fast you to can't go? talk back to them? I learned my lesson many years ago. Remember in our last in our last podcast, I was talking about overheard. 
uh, remarks or conversations yes. at the airport. Uh, this is another one I forgot to mention. Uh, just as I'm walking by, somebody's going, Hey, it's either somebody's eating hard-boiled oh, eggs or they let a really no. bad one go a minute ago. Yeah. Oh, no. I smell a rat pig. Something funny's going on. I smell a rat pig. Something funny's going on. That other man moved next door That was funny feelings in my bone And then, and I recorded this too I, I, I think I can play this recording back to you I'm going gonna, gonna to try to But we had this most hilariously uh, monotonous flight attendant And this recording is not great But you'll get the general idea <laughs> It's just like she's <laughs> she's come out of a coma and now Well what if and now she's what gotten, if you what if your job think about this every day was to say the same freaking thing over and over and people aren't listening to you, they're wrestling their papers, they're talking to each other, they're on their oh, phone. <clears throat> Nobody's listening to you. Why on earth should she put any effort into it at all? I'm on her Happy side. To have you with us. I I know a woman. <laughs> I, I am. I know a woman. I know a woman who's a younger woman, and and you've probably met people like this. Uh, if you say, "Hey, how you doing?" Let's say her name is Beth. Hey, Beth, how you doing? <sighs> I'm so tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> Wait a minute! I do that. If you're no, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Ask she can, me if you're going to ask me. Don't you want the truth? She can, she can come off of a 15 hour nap and listen. <laughs> How you doing? <sighs> I'm, so, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I know, but sometimes you are tired or after a nap. She's one, she's one of those people that lives on Facebook. Oh. And every, everything is negative. Oh. Everything is negative. And, and she's in the food business and actually runs a food business. And and I said, hey, how's it going? It's, it's a fast food restaurant. How's it going? Oh, I get so sick of it. I like the businesses okay, but I hate the customers. And then the people who work for me, I just, I just hate them. So well, after that, what's left well, to like? Well, then don't ask her anymore how she is. I know, She's, but I do ask her just, just because I'm always her, amused yeah. by Tell her how you the are. The response is so consistent. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to watch that. I, I don't, I, I guess, I don't know. I do it with friends I'm close to, but every once in a while, I'll just have just one of those days. And, and it seems so, um, I don't know, uh, when clerks, you know, you go to the rental car, so how's your day going? And I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to tell them because I know they don't really care. But since they've asked there's, and they can't get away from me, I'll go into all my whole long, I'll say, well, this happened and then this happened and then that happened and, and I did this uh -huh. and I did that uh -huh. and it's really, and uh -huh. I'll go on and on uh -huh. and on and it'll be just like, they'll be, it's like, well, that teaches you to ask me because I know you don't care. So, how's your day going? And I want to look at them and go, "Do you you don't care? 
just give me my car. I want to get the hell out of here. Well, no, maybe they do oh, care. They don't care. They're that's in the employee handbook. You have to. There's a script. You have to say this script. How's your day going? Really? Yeah, of course. Every I, well, I I kind of reward people who are oh, pleasant. And let me tell you, know, you this: there's so many that are unpleasant. If somebody's at least attempting to be friendly, I like well, that. Well, they're not attempting. Do you care? So I had a guy out here yesterday. Um, I have apparently a mole, a mole. I guess moles and voles are different. Did you have a dermatologist out? No, in the lawn. Oh, oh. In the lawn. So I, I, you know, had a brand new lawn put in this summer and now it's just shredded from these moles. So I I had a guy come out and I didn't really want to kill him, but I guess I have to kill him. You mean the guy or the, the mole. mole? I wanted to kill the oh, guy. Okay. He was just obnoxious. So he comes out and goes over the whole treatment plan and how it's going to work every month and blah, blah, blah. And I'm I'm wanting to continue asking him questions. but And he's shouting at me like he's ta- he's a loud talker. And I'm trying to back away because I'm he's just talking really loud in my face. And so we get everything all set up and he gets all the paperwork done. He says, all right now, so we're going to have, wait, he says it like this. All right now, so we're going to have the guys give you a call uh, before they come out in about 10 days. And I have a note here to check in with the missus. Uh, And I said, "Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm not a missus. Oh, well, then uh, I go, just Lisa, Lisa's fine. Just have, just write Lisa. They can check in with Lisa. And he goes, oh, well. How about the, he, how about the broad? He says, well, yes, that's just what the company makes us say. So, so don't tell me there's no handbook. There's a handbook even for the mole guy <laughs> that he's supposed to say the missus, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup, soon he will open the door. Yeah, I'm sure that would be in a handbook. I, a modern I handbook. I know. I'm like, yeah. what, what century do you guys live in? And I get this all the time as a single female homeowner when I'm getting, a, you know, the roof estimate or the foundation estimate or the whatever. It's it, it's almost 50-50 that I'll, there'll be some assumption made that I certainly can't be the sole homeowner here making all the decisions. There must be some sort of male uh, ap- apparatus around that's going to handle all this. It's just enormously it's annoying. It's so funny. And you know, and I don't have the statistic in front of me because it changes, but it's going up. But uh, I used to point out in, in sometimes in, in speeches I would give that there are so many businesses. I think the car business is one of them, or at least it used to be. Uh, if you're running an auto supply store, for example, things like that, there is the immediate assumption that if a woman comes to is the purchaser or is the one being <laughs> waited, there's an center. assumption that don't you want your husband to weigh in yeah. on this? Or is your husband around? Where is yep. he? And, and and this flies in the in the fact of the matter is that it is a statistic greater than seventy percent of women make all the buying decisions in a family, right. much yeah. less if if it's a single person like you. And yet, 
they either haven't got the message or they don't yeah, get it. Yeah, it's it's that, really crazy. I had a, and I had a young guy uh, in a hardware store, um, and I was just in a really foul mood. This was probably 15 years ago. I'm still in a foul mood, by the way. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say 15 minutes ago. <laughs> no, I, so <laughs> I was trying to fix the the toilet and the. My, this is my favorite. My my favorite term: the ball cock. <laughs> I had to replace. Yeah. There's a lot of I know. <laughs> rather nasty terms in the. I had to industry. replace the ball cock, and so I brought in the little apparatus I was trying to because because every toilet's different, which is infuriating. They should just all be standard. And I remember bringing it in. I'm already frustrated because I've had my hands up to my elbows in water trying to fix this thing in the tank, and I come in to the hardware store and. Uh, uh, I show the guy what I uh, what I need, and he takes me down the aisle, and he goes, <clears throat> he said, now, uh, so when you get this piece, you know, make sure that your husband puts it in like this. He actually said that, and I was in such a bad mood. I said, you know what? I said, uh, I'm fixing the toilet, and I'm pretty sure... Uh, and, and he goes, you're fixing the toilet? He asked me like that. I go, I'm pretty sure my toilet doesn't know I have a vagina. It'll be fine. Oh. And he just dropped his mouth, and I grabbed my part and ran off. But to, <laughs> the assumption that a wump, you're fixing the toilet? I know. Isn't that shocking? Yes. I fix the toilets in my house. My husband uses yeah, them. Yeah, so, oh. Yeah. Very well, I know, but I, I know you're running into it all, all the, the time. time. And it's just... It's just uh, an assumption that is all the misses. Uh, an anachronism. Mm-hmm. Now we need to stop doing that. And even if, and even I just the the word the, the misses, you know, I I I'm like, why just why can't you just say my name? We, Who cares? Even if I was, we married, have a neighbor that you know what I mean. We yeah, we have a neighbor that still refers. He, he uses the term the wife all the is time. Is he using it as a well, joke? I'll have to check in with the wife to before we can go golf, and I'll have to see if the wife uh, has anything for me to do. And he's not joking. Because I think that's funny no. if it's sort of jokey. Well, it might be semi-jokey, but he, it's also, he, he's from another part of the country where maybe that yeah. that doesn't raise an How eyebrow. How do you refer yeah. to Patty? Master. Hey, speaking of masters, we in our in my general extended family, there is a fellow uh, that comes over, and we, we have these family guys. It could be a birthday party or a holiday party or whatever, and we we might have it at our house, or it could be at my brother's house or somebody else's house. And this one guy comes over. He's an adult, and he's uh, you know his wife. He and his wife come over. And he and he plops down. He finds a chair and he plops down. Usually, there's might be a football game on TV or something. But even if there isn't, he plops down, and he never moves. He never speaks. And then, hey. uh, at the end, and then while leaving, he always says this when he's leaving: "Hey, thanks. I had a great time." <laughs> Well, maybe he doesn't get a chance yeah, to the? sit around the house and not speak. Maybe that's like a little vacation for him to go to your house. I don't know. It's just the <laughs> oddest thing. You, say, you know, you try to engage him. Hey, so what's going on? Oh, not much. <laughs> and that'll be it. That'll be the the extent of the contribution. And then, But then it's always, thanks, I had a great time. 
See ya. <laughs> well, again, I think it's because he never gets thought... to do that at home. So, yeah. yeah maybe so. Funny. A couple other quick observations for you. We were talking about the, um, I think you and I were talking about this, or maybe Master and I were talking <laughs> about it. Um, is it like every six or seven years that this corpse flower uh, comes along and it blooms? Oh, the really stinky and one? It's always a big... The really stinking one? Yeah, the really yeah, stinky one smells like, smells like rotten Yeah, I think eggs. it's once every 10 well, years or something like that. Yeah. Well, my question is, why do people want to go see that? I mean, I that part I'd never... Hey, Larry, there's a carton of spoiled milk in the fridge. You want to come and smell it? Why do? You, why would you intentionally want to go smell a rotten egg flower? I don't know. Um, maybe because yeah. it's kind of all alone in its in its existence. There's nothing else like it, and um, I guess. Um, I mean, couldn't you just go find? Hey, let's go find a dead body somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. And then on the same line, this is just random thoughts of mine. Uh, we, Patty and I went to the beach, the Oregon coast, earlier in the summertime. And and when I go to the beach and you walk around on the beach, um, it it makes me feel less like having seafood. I mean, when you, <laughs> the, when you go to the coast, you think, oh, wait, one of the attractions of being at the coast is that they've got great seafood here, and we'll go to a seafood right, restaurant. Right, because they just run but right, when you go to the beach, run right out the back door, grab it, and put it on your plate. Yeah, you see dead fish washing up on shore, your barnacles, jellyfish fragments, yeah, you know, crab claws on the beach. Seaweed. That does not want to make me... That does not want to make me have seafood after a day of looking and smelling that. That's it's like true. Going to a slaughterhouse and then saying, "You know what? I think I'd like a steak dinner." <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Very true. It is the beach yeah. is kind of stinky. Kind of stinky. Kind of yeah. stinky. But cool. Yeah. Very cool. And it's very moist. It's very moist. Yes. At the beach. Yeah, I don't like that word. Hey, I saw this article and we've talked about this before. Um, uh, it was under the headline of some, some opinion piece of like gratuities is tipping, getting out of control. And, you know, we talked about, uh, how much to tip or what to tip. And it seems like more and more now, everybody's got their hand out. I took an Uber, uh, in Seattle the other day, which are great by the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I felt, and then I gave the guy an additional tip, uh, which apparently you don't have to do. You can, you can wrap. You can voluntarily elect to put a tip in, right? As they'll contact you later on your email or your your phone or whatever. Um, and this particular guy was. I just enjoyed talking to him, and so I'll give him a little extra tippy poo. Yeah. But um, now they say bike rental laundry workers, uh, just like everybody's a- asking for tips, which I guess is okay. The thing, the one that's bugging me. Is when you go like to a Starbucks or uh, where the clerk swipes your card and then they spin around the the screen, yes. the tablet screen, and ask you to sign. Which tip do you want to choose? Eighteen percent, twenty, twenty five. Right. It and it puts a it puts kind of a, a pressure on the customer who's standing there. The person who just waited on them is looking on. Everybody else waiting in line is saying, "I wonder how much he's going to put in there." Yeah. That cheapskate. Right. Look at that. He only put in 10%. Yeah, it's not very private at all because it's it's really big on the screen. Yeah, and you can make the argument, this person has just delivered a coffee to me. Right. Or really has just taken my order. 
the person making the coffee is somewhere else. Right. <clears throat> they all they've done is take my order. Yeah, but and... they're they pool all their tips. So <clears throat> you, you Or do they? Well, they do. They they pool all their tips and then split them, which is another thing I have a problem with because if I want to give somebody a really big tip for great service, which yeah. uh, I tried to do in a restaurant once. I said, here, you stick this in your pocket. And they're like, no, we have to, we pull our tips. I'm like, so, so that's annoying that I'm really tipping the entire or- organization. I'm not just tipping a, an individual person. Well, there's the a certain thing- degree of fairness to that because the guy washing dishes in the back, uh, you know, he's not in a position where he no, could no, get a tip no, or you're not even no. aware of him. So no, I, I think no, the no. pooling the tip thing is a good idea. I know. I, I, I was one. I, I was a waitress. I relied on the tips for me and kept... Yes, they but you were a selfish waitress. <laughs> if you're a dishwasher and you want tips, then don't be a dishwasher. Go be a waiter. So it it, it doesn't make sense to me. Why it's, but it's you, this if you, trophy for all people. If your waiter was perfect they did a great job of serving you but they served it on a dirty plate uh, <laughs> you would give that waiter less of a tip when it wasn't yes. the waiter's fault yes it was the, guy it was the waiter's so, fault yes it was because he should have seen that the plate was dirty and gone back and said here we need a clean plate for this or patron. gone back and washed it himself or herself. exactly yeah. so i i'm i don't i'm uh, i just i disagree with you, with you. i yeah. respect your decision to be wrong <laughs> okay i guess Thank that's the you. way i would put it were you ever a waiter I've never been a waiter, and I see you uh, would think differently. I think if you were, well, I have a, I, you know, I'm a sucker for somebody that has a sad face. Oh gosh, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. So just be a sad-faced waiter, and they'll yeah. you... look like you've just you've just gotten some really bad news. <laughs> if you can make a few tears form in your eyes, that's even better. I would just before I came to bring the check, I would pull a hair out of my nose just to get a little. <laughs> little moisture going on the eyeballs. Here's your bill. You, you don't have to tip me if you don't want to. Okay. <laughs> I suck and I know. Well, here's here's what's interesting too is they even on paper uh, things that you sign now they have the outline of you know here's if you want to tip fifteen twenty right. twenty two and what's yeah. funny is I'm often going to tip more than what the guideline says so I think they're ripping themselves off by telling me what I should be tipping. Now, wait a minute. That This is incongruent with what you have told me in the past in a specific Really? I do this tip, all the time. I do it all the time. the tip you leave behind when you check out of a, of a hotel room. <laughs> oh, well, that's different, and I'm better now because I think of you every single time. But go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, then, then forget it. No, but I'm... you were telling me you might leave two or three bucks I know. Behind that. And you were saying, oh, no, you have well, to I, leave the housekeeper that uh, does your stuff. you got to leave them five, ten bucks. And I'm like. Of course, you're probably not ne- leaving as nasty a stuff behind as I do. So <laughs> That could be. And, and, and I do actually, this is odd, but I do tidy up my room and cl- kind of clean it up. I put all my trash away. I put yeah, all the so towels I. in a bundle. I <clears throat> make sure everything's kind of in order. Um, I, I dated a guy that we would go out of town and we'd stay in a hotel and I'd kind of, we'd get ready to leave and I'd start and he'd, he'd go, stop that, stop that. That's their job. I'm like, but really you can't, we can't just sort of tidy it up just a little bit. I mean, they have a hard enough job. No, that's their job. Don't do that. Stop it. We used to have a house cleaner that would come in once a month when we lived in Seattle 
and uh, I was making some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and and Patty, God love her, she would clean the house up so so that it would look good when the housekeeper showed up. Why? I, I that's what I would reason with her. I said, "What are you doing? We, we have someone coming in." to do what you're doing right now. He said, I, I don't want it to look like a bomb went off in here. I can pick it up a little bit. I said, it is picked up already. And she's dusting stuff and, you know, wiping things down. I said, well, then why are we, why do we even have right. the housekeeper right. coming in here? Right. And she said, what did you say? I said, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Master. I just master. <laughs> master. I don't know what I was thinking. have seen this article um uh, th- this topic discussed uh, it, you know there's so many still so many climate deniers that think climate change is a hoax or it's not real or uh, even people high up in the government think that but now here this will get somebody's attention because now uh, scientists are warning of another catastrophic effect of climate change are you sitting down a global beer shortage. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. How are you feeling uh, about it? I don't drink beer, so it doesn't bother me. I'm I'm worried about it. I very. Uh, they uh, they. It's because of barley, that which is a key ingredient in brewing. They had rising temperatures could affect the production of that product, which has to be can be only be grown at a certain uh, temperature, or it mm. won't yield as much. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, if you if you either do or don't believe in global warming, for God's sakes, for beer drinkers around the globe, please pretend like you do believe in it. I don't even well, know what we would do about it. Well, you just drink more wine, I yeah, guess. Yeah, switch to vodka. It's not a. This is not a huge crisis. I mean, the I, global warming is, but being running out of beer isn't. Oh, oh I'm sure we're going to get letters on that. So don't write letters. I'm yeah. just just really joking. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And uh, uh, one other note I wanted to make about uh, the company Sears. I had an uncle, my Uncle Bill, who's not with us anymore. He bought everything at Sears. And this, I loved uh, this Sears. Is, I loved the... He every, loved Sears. Every year, the Sears toy catalog would come out, and it was like thick as a phone book, practically. And that was like, I'd glom onto that, and I'd just whip through every single page when I was a kid and look at all the toys and rip out the pages of the toys. It was like, oh, the Sears catalog was the best. It was not so long ago that I went tripping through the snow Out to that house behind my old hound dog where I'd sit me down to rest like a snowbird on his nest and read the Sears Roebuck catalog. I know, and it it it, it opened its first store uh, in 1925, so it's a 125 year old or, or so company. Wow. That catalog you talked about, yeah, uh, that it, it, especially to rural people, we 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 couldn't go into shopping centers and right. things like that, big stores. This was like bringing that to you. It's just a wonderful success story, an American institution, really. And my uncle bought everything from lawnmowers to appliances, 
uh, you name it. And it had to be Sears. He wouldn't look at anybody else. He was that loyal to Sears. And in a way, I'm just kind of glad he's not here to see that the company is pretty much shutting down. I know, down. I know. It's, it's going out of business. Pretty sad. And, and it, it it seems that the main problem is uh, it was a management problem. The guy at, guy at the very top mm. who just made some very bad decisions, um, arguably selfish decisions. And at the apex of Sears' power in the 1970s, these executives were writing memos to each other that didn't have anything to do with what was happening inside the store. They were asking, which competitor do we fear the most? And they'd all write back, we're not afraid of anybody. And, hmm. of course, with Walmart and Amazon and everybody else now, uh, they yeah. should have they should have seen that coming. Yeah. They're not, they're not around anymore. Hey, well, is, is Toys R Us, uh, Toys R Us, isn't that coming back? Didn't I read something about Toys R Us is coming back? I don't know what you read, but I haven't heard that. I heard they were coming back. I heard that, that somebody is buying the Toys R Us brand and re, they're going to reboot it. That's what I read I that the Pony Express is coming back. Yeah. Uh, because the postal service is, is not making everybody happy. Hey, uh, it was really, uh, really pleasant, as always, uh, speaking with you. And I would like to wrap up with what I hope will, you'll consider to be a pretty solid joke. Oh, good. Okay. You've been, you've been doing really well. So yeah, I was in a I slump for a while. I don't want to say I think this. I, pull, I think I, I pulled a hamstring. I don't want to. I don't want to say this because when you've been on a roll, sometimes that means like, yeah, blow it. maybe it'll be a clunker this time, but maybe yeah. you can keep it going. Boy, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, good luck. A, a successful American executive flew to Tokyo on a business trip. And as soon as he lands, somebody says, hey, you might be on a terrorist hit list. You gotta go find yourself a bodyguard. They said, well, where, where would I find a bodyguard? And they said, go to the Sony building. And on the 14th floor, you'll find an excellent security department. So he says, okay, okay. So the executive hurries over to the Sony building. He gets up to the 14th floor and he's greeted by an elderly gentleman dressed in traditional robes who says, you are most welcome here. I show you three bodyguards. You choose one. The old man claps his hands. <laughs> Number one. And in walks this big samurai swordsman. Mm. And the old man opens a jar and lets out a common housefly. <laughs> Immediately, the swordsman slashes through the air with his weapon. <laughs> Neatly slicing the fly in half. Wow. The American the businessman says, Wow, that's very impressive. This is my man. No, wait please, says the old man. I show you now number two. So when number two comes into the wait, room, Wait, he didn't clap man, he didn't clap his hands to get number two to come in. Uh well you you caught me on that, okay. I show you now number two. <laughs> number two comes in. <laughs> The old man releases a second fly, and instantly, with two precise moves, the fly is cut into four tiny pieces. Four tiny pieces this time. Oh, with the knife, the samurai yeah, sword? With, with same the sword. Same weapon? Okay. Same weapon. Wow. The uh, businessman says, 
Oh my gosh, that is incredible. I'll take him. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> you haven't seen number three. Well, unlike the first two swordsmen, number three comes into the room. But this swordsman is short and scrawny. And as the old man releases a third fly, whoosh goes the sword. But the fly is still flying around. He's still moving. The American says, Hey, what's the big deal? The fly is still alive. Ah, oh, yes. Fly is still alive. But he will never make love again. <laughs> that was really good. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. It's time to get ready for love. It's time. for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Oh.